this great promise, this great challenge in this parable. Where yes, the parable is clearly giving us a picture. So what does it look like for us to be people who don't just store up all the blessings that we receive? Just store them up for selfish purpose. And so yes, by default, we immediately go, what does it look like to be generous and give away? And so Father, as we're challenged with that truth, which is implied in the text, to be generous and understand that you've blessed us to be a blessing. And what that means specifically to World Vision, I do pray that you would let us all see the role we can play with being generous to World Vision. But Father, thank you for the faithful preaching of your word. Where in verse 21, we expect you to then say, so instead of storing up, why don't you give away? But you don't say that. You said instead of storing up things on this side of eternity, why don't you store up the right things in richness towards God? So, Father, thank you for the faithful preaching of your word that has exalted you to help us see the point of the parable. Explicit point is to have a relationship with you. What does it mean to be rich with you? But yes, the secondary of generosity. And so let those both be true. And so, Father, I pray that it's only that when we are rich with you, are we able to really be generous towards others. So, Jesus, would you allow our hearts, as we give our hearts to you, and as we give our lives to you, recognizing you already gave your heart and life to us, that we can be rich with you, we can be satisfied in you, we can have all that we need in you. So, Father, would you continue to be exalted? We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, we all just do me a favor, and we all just give Jesus a round of applause through the faithful preaching of the Word from Brian Whitaker. So, um, hey, yeah, you guys can grab a seat. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Thanks, guys. Hey, so uh, obviously... I'm so encouraged, grateful for uh, preachers who are faithfully preaching God's Word. Grateful for you, Brian. Thank you for the strong challenge to, yes, uh, Scripture does clearly challenge us to be generous, but better yet, the passage challenges us to be rich with God. Can you take that? Yeah, you're the man. only have one hand. Thanks. That was funny. He said that earlier. Y'all laughed, but when I say y'all don't laugh, like, I don't... I don't have enough. I don't have enough cheese in me yet, right? Brian's got Brian's got a cheese level that that he's able to pull some of these jokes off, and I'm not funny. Hey, hey, thank you for that. For in all honesty, with just a challenge for me as well. Please get involved with Royal Vision, great ministry. Um, I have to sadly admit, uh, I will actually be out of town on the race, and so I will not be racing with you guys. Uh, so forgive me of that, but. Don't allow my absence to say that it's not important, and I don't think it's important. I do think it's important, and so I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Hey, if you have your Bibles, will you turn me to Deuteronomy chapter 6, and I'm going to give a short challenge. It's kind of coupled with an announcement, very similar to his, right? This is an important kind of announcement, but I want to give a biblical foundation and a challenge for it uh, tonight as we get ready towards the summer. And so as you're turning there, um, this uh, next Sunday... Um, is our last Sunday for uh, New Hope Kids for the summer. Now, for those who are part of New Hope Kids, you know this. For parents, if you didn't know this, next Sunday is our last Sunday where we'll have New Hope Kids downstairs for the summer. And so we will have, we will have a shortened service. We'll get out approximately 5 o'clock so that we can dismiss you and parents to go downstairs 
for kind of a ceremony and a presentation from our kids, which I'm super, super excited about. But that's all next week. And as is our tradition over the summer, that when we take this July, August break from New Hope Kids, we then have all the kids in here with us. We love that. So excited about that. And so um, I want to tell you kind of some things that I, wanna, I intentionally want to do this summer um, to help us, one, as your pastor, but two, just as a father. And I'm walking into a, a season as a father that's different. Um, and I want us to kind of learn and grow with this together. Happy Father's Day again to all of you. One of the things as a pastor um, that I, I want to I be honest, I, I want us to have a spirit of grace, but a spirit of honesty and truthfulness. One of my greatest concerns as a pastor is the lack of discipleship from parents to their kids. Okay, uh, Grace-filled truthfulness. The, the, there, there is no desire on my end to shame, but a desire to bring change, okay? And so, let me be honest, as a pastor, I, um, I study God's Word for a living, I teach God's Word for a living, but one of the things that is, makes me no different than anybody else as a pastor that I've learned in seasons of life is two of them, two things. One, although I have been a part of discipleship and disciple uh, people kind of as a living and do it a lot, one thing I learned when I got married is I've never discipled a wife before. And, it's, and that's, that can be very different. Well, I remember when I got married in those first few years where my job is to do pastoral things, but I realized I feel really insecure, inadequate, and have no experience in what it means to disciple a spouse. Well, the same truth was realized to me when I became a parent. I might be able to disciple college students, I might be able to disciple adults, but I have no clue how to disciple my kids. And I give that as an example because I really think, uh, I'll, I'll need y'all to hear me say my deep insecurities that have come in my life of trying to figure out what does it mean to be a biblical husband who leads and shepherds his wife and a father, a godly father, who leads and shepherds his kids. And just because I can do this well, and I have training in this, and I have experience in this, um, when I became a parent, I was a parent for the first time. It doesn't matter my degrees. It doesn't matter my job. It doesn't matter my experience. I became a parent for the first time, just like when you became a parent for the first time. And so one of the things as I've gone on this journey is I personally, as my kids are getting older, we're able to have more sit-down conversations where we can study God's Word together. And I realize, like, I've never done this. Like, I've never done this with my kids before. What do I do? I don't really know. I don't know what to do. And I honestly didn't have a lot of tons of uh, conversations as I was talking to other uh, uh, fathers and I was talking to other husbands, I realized that I wasn't able to get a lot of advice that was overly helpful. And I began to notice over the years as a pastor, as a student pastor, and now as a, a, a lead pastor, is a, the lack of advice came from a lack of experience. It meant that I was beginning to notice that when this truth comes to shove, like there was a lot of lack of discipleship within the home. And so I want to read Deuteronomy chapter 6, and then I want us to go on a journey this summer, and I'm going to tell you how. I want us to go on a journey where we all kind of take this step of, go, of recognizing the call from God's Word 
So what does it mean for us as parents? It's Father's Day, so I'm speaking to the fathers, but I'm talking to parents, so I'm talking to moms, I'm talking to us all as well about what does it mean to disciple our kids and how we're going to learn to do that together this summer. Deuteronomy chapter 6, let me read in verse 4, says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Y'all recognize this language? Paul's recognize this language. This is, very, this is the kind of great commandment within the Old Testament. This is known as the Shema in the, the Jewish custom. It's Shema is the Hebrew word for hear, which is the first word. It's the, this command, hear. Like the Lord is talking to you. Listen to what he says. And they come down to this as kind of the, the primary text for the great commandment and the primary text for what does it mean for the parents' role in fulfilling the great commandment and teaching the great commandments to their kids. It says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Verse 6. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart, in your soul, at the core of who you are, right? Verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Our apartment that we live in now at one point uh, I'm assuming was occupied by a Jewish family because right by our door is passages of scripture right there on the doorpost. Like it's right, like it, it's a it's a literal application of this passage, which I'm grateful for. Nothing wrong with that, but I want to point out something that, now, although that might be good, there's a greater emphasis that's being applied here than for us just to take this completely literal. Although that wouldn't be bad if we did that, but the point is, I want us to see the language. In verse 7, you shall teach them diligently to your children. You should talk of them when you sit in your house and you walk by the way. And when you lie down and when you rise. You know in, a, in, in marriage vows, you'll say stuff like uh, for richer, for poorer, for better, for worse. Th those are like extremes, yes? It's saying no matter how far we go this way, I'm still committed to you. No matter how far we go this way, I'm still committed to you. Do you see that extreme language a part of emphasis to kind of communicate no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, right? When You shall talk to them when you sit in your house, whether you're at home or whether you're away, whether you lie down or whether you rise. So whether you're at night when you go to bed and lie down or whether you get up in the morning, doesn't matter when, it doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter what you're doing, it should always be in front of you, whether it's on your hand, whether it's in front of your eyes, whether it's on your doorpost. The point is it's, 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 it can be taken literal, but it's metaphorical to say no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, God's word and this call to have the God at the core of who you are should be talked about always. And right before that, these words that I command you shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, not passively, not, not by bringing them to church and letting someone else do it. But you as parents, not just on one day of the week or a certain moment of the week, but you are to constantly do that. So uh, for, to save time, let me just kind of get straight to the point, is when we talk about discipling our kids, um, well, when we talk about discipleship in general, I would say this. 
I'm so grateful you're here. And I pray that you uh, enjoy the gathering of the body together, worshiping together, sitting under God's word together. But likewise, if this is your only time where you're in God's word, and this is the only time you're with the body of believers, this isn't very good discipleship. It's not very good discipleship. Which is why we would say this is an aspect of what we do. But we want you in community groups. We want you on the phone. We want you just talking about God's Word no matter where it is, whether it's here on Sunday, whether it's there on Monday or there on Tuesday, whether it's morning, whether it's late, no matter what you're doing, that we should be a body who is constantly in God's Word, fostering up our heart worship and giving our heart and life, as Brian said earlier, to the Lord. It's all day, every day. And likewise... As we teach and live life together, that makes up discipleship. Similarly, when it comes to our kids, that what I'm referring to isn't just sitting down and having a Bible study with your kids. That's part of it, right? You, you, you got to get in God's Word to ever talk about God's Word, right? You, you got to do that, and so that's part of it. But a lot of it has to do with what you and I all know, is that we are products of our environment in a lot of ways, right? I'm way more like my dad than I ever want to be, right? I look more like him than I ever wanted to look like him. I forget things like him more than I ever wanted to forget things like him. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much about my dad that I'm good, I'm grateful that I'm like, and there's things that I wish I didn't, wasn't always like. We know that. We're all part of that. We're way more like our environments than we want to even admit. And therefore, our kids are going to be like us in our walk with Christ for the good or for the bad than we're ever willing to admit. So much of it is called. And so I want us to see, I'm not just talking about when we talk about discipling our kids, that it's just sitting down and studying God's Word. Because actually, God's Word should be on our lips no matter what we're doing. God's Word should be on our lips when someone cuts us off. Our kids should be able to see our reaction. Right? I think about a couple of weeks ago where, um, um, long story short, I was not mean, but I was a little more stern with someone on the phone than I might be normally. And I could tell Sam afterwards was like, Dad, is everything okay? What happened? Or, or, you know, like, and I realized even in that moment, not even conscious of it, my kid's watching me, right? And, and maybe I didn't handle things perfectly. Here, here's the point I, I'm trying to get at. Is Deuteronomy chapter 6 is making it clear that we as parents are to be intentional and diligent morning, night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, doesn't matter when it is, doesn't matter where we are, diligent to speak, communicate, and teach God's word to foster our children to love Jesus above all. Therefore, we as parents are the primary disciples of our kids. Primary. And then I'm going to argue that a community group of people is secondary and discipling your kids. And then kids ministry, New Hope Kids, is third. Why? Although I'm so great, New Hope Kids is incredible, right? I'm not minimizing New Hope Kids. I want us to see, though, is I would, I'm willing to argue from my experience, and this isn't science, but from my experience, that 90% of, of, of my experience in pastoring, 90% of kids who come to New Hope Kids, that may be the only time they're going to be intentionally taught God's Word all week. 90%. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm, I'm trying to point out, I, I really think this is true. And I want us 
to be a church that says, "Mm -mm." I I know for me I'm going to be a father that says no. But I need you to know that's nerving for me because I don't have a clue what I'm doing when it comes to discipling my kids. But I'm learning. And so let me make this statement and I'm going to get to application and and I I want you to hear grace in all of this. Listen to me. When I think about what I want my kids to be when it comes to their worship to Christ, I want it to be this. I want them to love Jesus. I want them to love God with all that they are. But listen to me. If I don't love Jesus with all that I am, my kids are going to love Jesus with all that they are. Now, there's exceptions to this rule. There's exceptions. There's exceptions to some of you as parents who I don't want you to hear condemnation because some of you as parents love Jesus faithfully and your kids may not reciprocate that love. Right? So this isn't a guarantee. This isn't a promise. But this is something I've kind of as a norm I've seen is the challenge of parents going, I want my kids to love Jesus, and I look at their lives, and honestly, you don't love Jesus with all that you have. And I don't mean that to be condemning. I just mean that to be honest. And so I recognize as a parent, before I get ready to teach my kids about loving Jesus, it's, it's better be really important that I love Jesus. And this is a challenge, because it's, I'm going to be honest, it's easy for me to show a standard of love standing in this pulpit. Sometimes the more natural in my heart comes out when someone cuts me off, right? And so the question is, when I really am starting to notice Levi copying everything I say, for better or for worse, I'm realizing, oh man, I didn't even notice that part of my heart until someone else was able to point it out. And so my kids have been a great discipler of me in ways they've allowed, they've been a mirror of the dark moments in my heart that I wasn't able to see. And I want you all to know that I'm right in that boat with you. Because we as parents, I'm grateful for our kids and allow them to speak in our life, but we speak back into their life with our actions. However, with all that being said, and this idea of, yes, let's live out our love for Jesus, let our kids catch that, let it be all those things, we still got to teach them God's Word. And that's usually the most intimidating thing for parents. And so I... Um, realize when I try to teach my kids, Ella, Levi, who can't pay attention hardly ever, but Sam will pay attention a little bit more. When I try to teach them just from my knowledge, I realized I didn't speak their language very well. Like I was trying to communicate truths to them, and I'm like, they're not getting this. And I realized I, I, I couldn't speak my kids' language. I, I couldn't, you know, whatever. So I had to find a help. And so I got some recommendations. And uh, we're going to put this slide on the screen of the books. And I found this resource, uh, which was recommended to me, actually by uh, Brittany found it and recommended it to uh, me. And come to find out, there are some of you in this room who use these two books. Um, the a Long Story Short is, the, is a Bible study in the Old Testament. And Old Story New is confusing titles. Um, it's, got, it's got old and new in it, right? Uh, which one is it? I don't know. Old Story New is the New Testament. Um, and it is, it is the, been the most helpful thing of just using this as a guide to walk with my kids. And when I say that it does it pretty much all for me, except actually communicate it to my kids, it pretty much does it all for me. It asks the question and gives the answer. That's incredible. It has the answer right next to it. And so for me, as a parent, for Jenna and I, it's a 10-minute Bible study five nights a week. So it gives you opportunity to miss two nights a week. It's a five-night Bible study for 10 minutes 
where in three years, you're going to preach through every text in the Bible in three years. Right? Three years, year and a half in the Old Testament, year and a half in the New Testament. And it just cycles through. And so here's what I want to do this summer, and I'm going to begin to wrap things up, is I want to challenge us. I want to challenge you two things. One, would you go on a journey with me? For my wife and I just started this just a few months ago. Prior to a few months ago, partly because my kids, I didn't feel were quite old enough, um, but partly because I didn't know what I was doing and didn't have confidence, I, I didn't sit down and have a, have a Bible study with my kids or have a family worship time just a few months ago. But a few men of us got together and we said, we want to figure this out and we're going to do this. And so we just started looking for help. And so this is new to me and I want us to go through this journey. But here's what we're going to do this summer. This summer is when our kids are in here, um, we are going to have worship. Then we're going to, then we're going to, I'm going to invite all the kids to join me at the front and we're going to do a mini sermon with the kids and then I'm going to preach. And let me tell you what the purpose of it is. One, because our kids, you know, they're in here. So I want to, you know, I realize my kids don't understand what I'm saying when I try to do a Bible study in the home. So likely some of our kids aren't going to understand what I'm saying when I preach. Therefore, I want to have a very direct time to speak to them. But second, I want you to, I want to show you, because I'm going to use this book, how easy this actually can be. And I want you to see it. Because it's one thing. For someone to tell me, hey, you just go and do this. Like if I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, I don't know, drive. Well, you turn the car on, you put it in drive, and you go. Well, that sounds real easy until you get on a New York road and you realize it might be helpful to have someone actually show you how to do it. That's a bad example, but you get the point, right? It's one thing for someone to tell you how to do it. It's another thing for someone to show you. And so I want to spend, we're going to spend some time, and we're going to go through this together. And I'm going to teach the first week or the first day in whatever week we're in. And then I want to encourage you to buy these books. If you don't do anything with your kids and you want to do something, buy these books and I'll teach the first lesson on Sunday. And then you just got to teach the other four throughout the week. And we'll do this together. We'll figure it out together and we'll go on this journey together. And I end with the why. The ultimate why is... I firmly believe, I'm so grateful for the influences in my life. I'm so grateful for it. But as I reflect on Father's Day, I reflect and think about the years. My father, I don't know why he chose this time. He could have chose evening. But he woke us up early, before school. And he made us sit with him. We had breakfast, or at least we're eating. You know, we're eating, we're doing something. He sat, and he would just do a little Bible study with us and pray with us before we go to school. And so I, I don't remember a lot of the lessons, but I remember is it's ingrained in my mind. And I'm grateful for my father's intentionality, my parents' intentionality in my life. And it's, but I think, well, this is the part I'm really grateful that I want to be like my dad, right? I, I want to be not just someone, I, I, he modeled it for me. And to this day, when I go to Memphis and I visit, my dad's up way too early. And he's got his cereal, and he's got a Bible propped up, you know, with his big glasses, because he's getting a little bit older now, and he's got his Bible propped up, and he's doing the one-year reading, which he has done for decades, just reading through the Bible to this day. And I'm just watching him, and I'm modeling that. And him modeling walking with Jesus changed my life and encouraged me and has impacted my life. So I want to encourage you that if you 
lovingly, I say this, if you bring your kids and you think that this Bible study alone is going to give your kids the discipleship they need in a culture that is adamant against Christ, it's not going to be enough. It's like feeding your kids once a week and hoping they'll be okay the rest of the week. It really is just like that. And so I want to encourage you that you are responsible for feeding your kids physically. You are responsible for feeding your kids spiritually. But I also recognize that's hard if you've never seen that before and you don't know what that looks like. So this summer, we're going to figure it out together. So let me encourage you. Come grab this book, flip through it. There are other resources, but this is what we're going to do this summer. Buy it, if you will, and we're just going to walk through this summer. We're going to do this together. We're going to learn together, and we're going to figure out how to raise this next generation together. And we care about our kids way too much to just entrust them to New Hope Kids, which you can trust them to New Hope Kids, right? That's a party. We all go to birthday parties on Saturday, but once again, your kids need to eat other stuff throughout the week. And so that happens in the home. And so would you apply the challenge of Deuteronomy chapter 6? And you go, it's my responsibility to diligently teach my kids to love Jesus. And then I recognize, I, I don't really know how to do that. Let's figure it out together this summer. Let me pray for us. Uh, actually, let me invite the ushers up. And I want to pray over the offering. I want to pray over those things. And then I'm just going to hand it off to Pastor Andy uh, to wrap up the other announcements, if that's okay. Yeah? Okay. Cool. Let me pray over the offering. Jesus, thank you once again for all that you've given us. And so, Father, as we take this and give a portion back to you, would you multiply it for your kingdom? And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.